You ready? Do I sound better than last week? You sound a lot better. Your your voice still sucks, but your volume sounds great. Okay, great. I do what uh, what my parents gave me, so you can really blame them. No, um, I work with. All right, so this is our second live episode of Free Basketball. Um, I'm sure Daniel is going to love talking about just one team for the entire time. Um, I don't know if we'll talk about just one team for the entire time, but everyone... The explosive news we heard yesterday, obviously, James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Mets. Um, And so I want to start off, I know we'll talk about probably individually, maybe a little bit about Harden and his season he's having, um, and maybe some other factors for the Nets. But I do want to start with just the breakdown of the actual trade. Okay, so the Rockets originally got Karis LeVert, Kuroks, Dante Exum, four unprotected first-round picks, four unprotected swaps. Um, Now, the unprotected first-round picks were 22, 24, 26, and Milwaukee's 22. The swaps are in 2021, 2023, 25, and 27. And then they turned around and flipped Karis LeVert and a 2023 second-round pick for Victor Oladipo. Obviously, we know the Nets got James Harden. Um, The Cavaliers out of that trade snuck in and got Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. So, Daniel, when this first hit the waiver wire, a.k.a. Twitter, what was your immediate reaction? Initially, I was... um happy that it finally broke because this is kind of annoying that's been continued on for so long um but i kind of thought that was a lot to give up for a player who was kind of requesting to get out um because i thought the way that james harden was handling it i thought for sure that they would not get back as much as they initially thought they would do to him kind of just giving up on the team and just making sure that he got out of Houston. So that was my first initial thoughts. So your first initial thought when you heard that the Rockets got Karis LeVert, um, the other pieces, Dante Exum, Karooks, and I mean, obviously the Nets lost Jared Allen, Torian Prince. You thought that was too much for James Harden. I thought the picks were almost too much, but then after I kind of looked at the pieces that they would be getting – I thought, wow, they literally are putting so much on these draft picks that they think that um, however many of the draft picks they got, that that would be enough for for James Harden. And and after kind of everything played out, you kind of looked at the rosters and, you know, you pretty much have a lineup of Harden, Kyrie Irving, if, 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 if he comes back, who knows, uh, and, and uh, KD. And then you have DeAndre Jordan now starting because they got rid of Jared Allen to one because DeAndre Jordan's their boy. They want to make sure he starts, which I said they would make sure he starts. And then Joe Harris. That's their five guys. And that is pretty much all they have on this team now is five decent players. And after seeing that, I was like, good God. They gave up everything that they had in their cupboard to get this one guy who's out of shape and is one of the best players in the world. But this is very much a short-term play 
and they better do something in these two-year window that they have created for themselves. So you do not believe the Nets got immediately better? Or is your true problem with it that they mortgage the long-term future, it seems like, for the next, you know, five to six years? I, I think they hurt their long-term, which if they win a championship with the Brooklyn Nets, none of it matters. But that pretty much says that these three guys, who I think, can win a championship. These three, and, and people are all talking about there's only one basketball. They're all, you know, trying to, you know, dude, whatever. James Harden can spot up and shoot the ball. KD can take over. The dude shoots at nine foot, four inches whenever on the release. I don't know it, many people that can guard that on a normal basis. And then Kyrie, who has the best handles. Those three guys and anybody else in the league is probably still the best starting vibe in the league because of those three players. So, yes, they are better, but the bench is bad. But I know that they will add pieces to during the, I guess, closer to the trade deadline after once people start releasing from the waivers. Uh, so, I think that, yes, they are better. I don't want to talk in circles, which I feel like I am. They are better, but they also mortgage the future. For these two years, and maybe these guys sign a one plus one moving forward. So maybe a four-year window, they are solid. But after that, there's no way these guys are going to still be there. So I don't know if people have mentioned it already, but yes, you do have three. I mean, KD obviously has played a backseat like he did with the Warriors, and obviously that was one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. Um, but the other two guys are kind of one-on-one specialists who James Harden obviously can carry teams by himself. So I get that on the court, everyone just assumes they're all going to play together on the court all the time. Um, but to me, with the kind of talent they have, they even though they have a weak bench, the star power between the individual of them can carry them by themselves for stretches. So I think what's going to be really interesting because this is a big, I mean, I don't envy Steve Nash at all for a first time head gig. I obviously do not. uh, I'm glad I'm not Steven Silas who had to deal with this um, in his first coaching stint too. But now he has to try to figure out a rotation and it seems like the best option for them is going to be staggering them. Obviously they'll start together. But then how do you stagger? Who goes to the bench first? Like my first indication was, you know, they play four or five minutes together to start. Harden goes to the bench first. Then it's kind of KD. Harden comes back towards the end of the first quarter. And then, you know, Kyrie goes off. Harden can carry that kind of crew by himself for, you know, four to five minutes until KD and Kyrie come back. So I think it's going to be interesting. Yes, is bench a issue? Absolutely. Do they have to make moves? Probably. I don't know how they're going to make other trade moves. They seem like a team that's going to be the buyout people. Um, That's who they're going to be watching for. So I I assume they'll be active around the uh, buyout period. I don't know when that is this year with the kind of different schedule. Um, But I think they're a really interesting team. To me, they're like Vegas immediately put them to, I believe the favorites in the East. And I actually fully believe within that. 
I think they are absolutely now the favorites in the East just from the offensive firepower by themselves. I know people are going to have questions about them defensively, and that's totally fair. And people are going to have questions about the bench, and I get it. Um, But I just trust these players individually to figure it out. And I think Steve Nash with, you know, Mike D'Antoni and his other assistants, they've been like his assistants are going to help him a lot um, to stagger this where I think they're just going to kind of be a really devastating offense. Now it's going to take them a little while to get that going, but am I crazy, Daniel, to say that they have immediately vaulted to the top of the Eastern conference now? Like I would expect no one else to come out of the East except the Nets. Is that nuts to say? That's not necessary, uh, but as soon as I saw the trade, I put my money on a different team to come out of the East. Oh, who was that? Boy, I love going against Vegas. So who did you bet on? Please don't tell me who it's the team I think it is. Who do you think I bet on? You bet on the Philadelphia 76ers, didn't Ooh, you? baby, you know I did. <laughs> Man, give me all the stock. Let all the stock drop. Give me the plus 1,000. Give me the plus 2,200 that I hit. I have the Los Angeles Lakers, who I absolutely despise and hate, and the Philadelphia (laughs) 76ers going to the finals from each place at a plus 2,200. And, man, I could not have felt better when I put my money in there. I pushed bet now, and I had a smile on my face because (laughs) I think – very much so that this team is awesome. I, I and as you very much so uh, put out there that they would stagger them, and I think that's what people forget. You have a Harden who can carry a bunch of bums and make a good team, and you put him out. Let KD be the the middleman. KD can play with either one of Kyrie or Harden, so you have KD be the middle guy and kind of have him as a normal sub in and out as your starter. Um, and treat him like the number one option. But you put Harden out first, then KD, let uh, Kyrie kind of cook, do his own thing, and then you bring in Harden for Kyrie, and then after that you bring in uh, – I'm sorry, uh, Harden for Kyrie, yeah, and then then, uh, bring KD back in, and then that's it. Then you can can mesh the two with KD very easily. I don't think Harden will always be – the ball handler that he has to be uh, and has had to be on previous teams. I think he's had to do that because he's literally been one of the main players and the best player on the team. So I like this team. I think this team will go to the Eastern conference finals, but I still believe in the 76ers. So uh, I hope that I am not a complete idiot. (laughs) The only thing that might save you is if Joel Embiid, continues on the track that he's currently on like he's on an mvp style kind of run to start the season and if his health holds up i mean he alone could like he would be devastating against the nets because who's going to guard him just deandre jordan um it's not like even if they kept jared allen is jared allen going to really do anything with joel Embiid, anyways um so the nets are kind of interesting with the size like how are they going to combat that that is going to be interesting to me. But what I'm more interested, out of your opinion, it's a tie or a one-point game. 20 seconds or uh, 32 seconds left. Nets have the ball. If you're Steve Nash in the huddle, 
who are you drawing up the play for to take the shot? Well, funny you ask. I've been thinking about that today. And I think that it has a multiple options now. Um, I think you kind of run with whoever's been, uh, I guess, going in the game, you know, that particular game, uh, whoever's hotter at the moment. Uh, you can drop the play initially for them. And more than likely, they're going to get most of the eyeballs. So you're going to have two options. I would run it through uh, KD and Harden for sure. More than likely, I want to get the ball into Kev- uh, into Kevin Durant's hands for sure and let him kind of create. And if he can take his guy one-on-one and create, more than likely, more people will be drawn to him. And with that being said, you're going to have a spot – a spot shooter in James Harden, who if he does catch the ball, he can still drive if he needs to, but a spot shooter. You have Joe Harris, who can be a spot shooter. And then worst case, he needs a bailout. I think you have Kyrie there as the third option mainly. So if it was me, I'd go KD first. But knowing that people will be on a, you know, one of the players, because they can't be on all three of them, I think you kind of draw it up in multiple options, and the guys just kind of get the ball however uh, the defense allows. So uh, that's personally how I would do it, and usually you stick with the guy who's who's had a better game, who gets the ball at the end. I think you make a great point with that because that would be my kind of cop-out answer. It's whoever's hot that game. Now there's going to be a game where all three of them just like absolutely have it going, and that's going to be the kind of interesting decision, but – I'm actually kind of relying on KD's leadership because I I think KD's the kind of guy who would just be like, oh, we're playing whoever it is. Um, Kyrie will have the mismatch. So let's go to Kyrie. So I I trust KD with the actual decision-making because I think he's going to be okay with whoever it is taking the shot. Obviously, he wants to be the guy at the end, and we know he can be that guy. I am kind of interested how Kyrie responds to all this with James Harden. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of talk about Kyrie. I don't know if you want to get super in-depth with what's been going on with him or if you just want to kind of lightly touch it. Um, What are you feeling about talking about Kyrie and his situation? I think – the Kyrie issue is uh, not about being away from the team. Um, it's not about uh, what he's doing in a good way to help out uh, the WNBA, uh, the world, our, our fellow brethren and sisters. I don't, I don't think any of that actually matters to me because what you do off the court is what you do off the court. I can separate the two of being a sports and a- a- athlete or being a normal human. I can do that. I'm fine with that. If he wants to do drugs, then let him do drugs and he can sit in his room and be miserable. But when he's on the court, I want to cheer for him. You know, and if he's a, you know, as long as he's not doing anything bad that's illegal or not illegal, but something that you really shouldn't do, uh, then I would be, I can separate the two. But in this instance, he is not being a good teammate. And that's when it comes to me talking about mainly being bad at, at, at the sport that I am watching. And so my thing is he has to pick up the phone and he has to communicate. And I think this is a 
him about him being a better leader and a better communicator because right now him not talking to his coach is BS. Him not talking to the players and not actually showing up is BS. So he's a shitty teammate, good dude off the court. He's a little messed up, little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but I think that the guy is just a terrible teammate. And until that gets fixed, he has to um, kind of look in the mirror and find out how he – if he's going to continue to play basketball, he needs to look in the mirror and see if he's the right dude for it. I, I'm glad you said the thing about um, letting him – if he chooses to do what he wants, then he can. Uh, I'm not sure how far you want to go with that. I mean, you went a little far. Uh, but I do believe that I'm kind of on the side that – He didn't feel like playing basketball after all the events that happened. And I totally get that. And that is his choice. Like, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in, oh, he signed this $30 million contract. He has to show up every single day. He has to give 100% all the time. He owes it to this team, this franchise, blah, blah, blah. I totally understand that side. I think we forget the human side of NBA players. And Kyrie has been, at least for the past couple of years, maybe his entire career, but it's become more evident lately in the past few years that he's truly a lone wolf, right? Like he does his own thing. He has his own set of belief systems. And that's great. Like as individuals, we are supposed to have those things. We are supposed to develop those things. And he feels very strongly and has very strong opinions on that. So when he decides he wants to take a week or two off, that doesn't bother me at all. And the problem is, and I have the same kind of feeling with you, is the communication part. Like, if he wants to tell the team, look, I'm just not feeling it, what's going on in the United States right now. I just don't feel like we should be playing basketball. I totally respect that decision. And as the Nets, with the history that you've seen the past couple of years with the Cavs, with his relationship with LeBron, and how that fell apart, and then how the situation fell apart with the Celtics, you knew what you were signing up for. Like, Kyrie, you knew this was going to be that guy. You are not going to get, um, like, a Jimmy Butler. Like, you just weren't going to get that guy. He's not wired that way. He's a fantastic basketball player, but he's not wired to that clock in, clock out, I have to be here every day mentality. So I do not fault him at all for wanting to step away from the game. And I think a lot of times players probably should do that with how grueling the schedule can be and all the travel. And especially if a lot of them just went through a bubble experience, they were away from their family for three months. Like they need to step away for their mental health, their mental health. So I completely side with Kyrie on that, on that. The problem is the communication, like you said, and it looks bad, right? And when things just look bad, we have no idea what's going on with Kyrie's Kyrie's situation. He's at that party. Everybody sees the video. And, you know, they just assume it's like Lou Williams getting chicken at, you know, Magic City. Or I believe it was Lou Williams. Like, it's just the optics of it, of how it looks to people. So I understand that. I also think he's a person who does not care. And ultimately, I really don't care. Um because he can do what he wants. And I think we forget that a lot. And I know a lot of people will have a response to that and that's fine. Uh, but Kyrie is an adult. And if he decides he doesn't want to play basketball for two weeks, then he's not going to play basketball for two weeks. Um, 
I don't know if that that doesn't change my opinion on the Nets team uh, because I think with all three together, I think Kyrie seems more happy with KD. I will be interested the fit with Harden. Harden seems to be a pretty cool guy. People seem to like him. Um, cool hang, anyways, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm not worried about them falling apart. If you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go into specifics, but uh, we all know the unspoken. Uh, but I'm not worried about them. Are you worried about them at all? Like, do you think this is a, a situation that is very combustible that is going to completely fall apart and we just need to wait and it's going to happen? No, I think Kyrie is a smart enough guy to understand that if he's going to play, he needs to show up. Um, he picked Brooklyn. He picked uh, KD to play with him. Uh, they picked each other, I guess. So uh, I, I just think that in the end, Kyrie's going to play. I think this is just a bunch of BS. I think that he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He reminds me a lot of Kanye West, which is very weird to me. Um uh, but I think that he wants to kind of make something out of this and he wants to act like he doesn't want drama and doesn't want all this, you know, stuff to kind of uh, be floating around him. But realistically he would kind of go away and do what Ricky Williams kind of did and go away if he really just wanted to do bigger things in life. So I think this is all about uh, him wanting to get the limelight and him actually do having feelings inside that, Hey, I, I would like to do better and do right. But if he's not voicing that and he's actually not taking the steps toward that, then I think this is kind of a, uh, kind of a media play a little bit. So he'll be back. And I think this will all be forgotten about. Um, I would say probably March or April. Uh, nobody's talking about this anymore. And I think that this is something that'll be way in the past. And these guys will end up in the uh, Eastern conference finals losing game seven. So um, cool with me. As long as you cash your ticket, right? Let me get that money. <laughs> now, is there... Obviously, the Nets wanted Kevin Durant. That is why they went in on this with Kyrie um, and DeAndre Jordan. That's why they gave DeAndre Jordan that money. Everyone's been kind of saying that getting James Harden was insurance for KD. Do you truly believe that getting James Harden is actually an insurance plan? <laughs> Um, and do you think there's a possibility that Kyrie could be traded and would any team actually come within 10 feet of him right now? No, this is an insurance. I would imagine um, that Kyrie kind of gave his blessing enough to get Harden. Um, I, I would imagine. You just don't bring in somebody like that that's already kind of crazy as it is. Um, I would imagine he gave his blessing. And so this is not an insurance policy. And no, they're not trading Kyrie. These three guys will absolutely be very good together, and I think they all three know it, and they're all three, I think, pretty tight. They're cool with each other. So I, I don't see I don't see any way that there's any kind of reason for this because realistically, I don't know what you do with Kyrie if he's a, an issue. I, I don't think he'll be an issue uh, much more going forward. I, I think he'll be fine. And so, Maxwell, you're wrong. Completely <laughs> wrong. Per that's Perkins' nephew, if y'all didn't know. Kendrick Perkins' nephew. 
I, uh, I, I actually don't agree that they got Kyrie's input on this because Kyrie has already been kind of vocal about not having more input on the coach that he's not communicating with the Nets organization in anyways. He, retra- um, he retracted the initial statement about him, them saying they don't need a coach or don't have a coach, whatever. Okay. And he was, and he likes Steve Nash. He's, he's already came out and said, I like Steve Nash, whatever. So sure. I don't think that's a, that's a mute point. It's a bunch of randos with Twitter, Twitter check marks that are actually making up a lot of these stories. That's how, that's how it always happens. I know when there's smoke, there's fire. I get that. But, and I know that he's an easy punching bag right now, but, the dude is not just a complete trash dude. Like, he actually has feelings, and I think he does, definitely does care. He's not going to just completely not talk to anybody on the team. So you, so, think, you really think that if Kyrie would have said, they, they, told, they called Kyrie and said, hey, we've got this window to get James Harden, what do you think? If Kyrie said no, you think the Nets are really like, okay, we're not going to do this? Uh, I don't know if they wouldn't say, no, we're not going to do this. I think they would just say, hey, I think this is what's best. And if he says no, then, yeah, they're going to still do it if they think it's right. I don't think he has the the final say on, uh, no, we're definitely not going to do it if he says no. Like, we're not – we don't need his blessing. We're running it by you to let you know what's going to happen. We're just going to make sure you're on board to make you feel important. That's really what it is. It was kind of like a text, hey, we're getting hard and see you whenever. Right, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and thing, uh, hold on. The thing about Kyrie retiring, that's cool. Let him retire. Like, if that's what what's, what wants to happen, that actually benefits the Nets if they don't have somebody that's bought in. Because realistically, a lot of that money figures itself out. They, I think they get some money back or whatever the early retire. I don't know what the issue with the numbers on that is. I don't know if you know Ryan, but. I think they could go out and get someone else if they needed to. Um, so, and they could easily gobble up more waiver um, waiver wire people or whatever they're called uh, when they're when they're released from their teams. But I, I do believe that this team will be fine. Um, if you want to think it's insurance, that's cool. I'm I'm down with that because I know some people don't believe in Kyrie. I think Kyrie will be perfectly fine. I, I don't worry about it whatsoever. And so I don't believe it's insurance. I think it's actually him just kind to uh, kind of be Kyrie and think he's different, such as what Kanye West does a lot of times. I uh, I have an interesting, just right off the top of the head, just thought about talking about buyout guys. Is there a world where Carmelo Anthony gets bought out from the Blazers? It's just not working anymore, and he could sign with this Nets team. Would you like to see that? I would love to see it, but it's not going to happen. Um, okay, I, I think I, the Blazers loved him too much. I didn't think it happened either, but it just hit me, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, that'd be kind of interesting." So I wanted to uh, get your opinion on that. I do I, want to talk. Uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, real quick before we we leave the Nets, kind of completely, and uh, and holler at side pieces, if you know what I mean. Uh, We're not leaving the Nets completely. <laughs> We're gonna talk about them a little bit. All right, good. Uh, and side pieces. So, <laughs> so my question about. Um, the the bench they need a little bit of umph they need another big guy behind DeAndre Jordan um and so it got me thinking like who is out there and I don't know a lot about the NBA because I'm I'm not completely a nerd um and I know Dwayne Dedman's <laughs> out there um but I know Gorgie Jang who is on the Grizzlies oh don't do it 
I'm he's played very well when he's played. It's just now they're not playing due to them having Xavier Tillman. I'm curious if they um, somehow work out a trade with Brooklyn for a guy who's hurt and Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, uh, for Gorgie Jang and whatever. I'm just saying, like that. <laughs> the, the money's close enough where it would work, and I, I think that they will use Spencer Dinwiddie, whether it's to get Gorgie Jang. I, I don't know if he's good enough for them, but um, I do believe that they're going to use Spencer Dinwiddie um, as a trade piece to get back something for this year and next year, because I don't think they have the ability to set just on that money and it kind of go away. I think they need help, and so I think they're going to go and use his trade or use his contract uh, and ability when he returns to uh, be a trade piece. I do agree that Dinwiddie is kind of an interesting X factor in all of this. Um, it would be a gamble for a team, but I'm not sure who would take that gamble that would be willing to give up a useful piece to bolster the Brooklyn Nets, who – next year are going to be just as good. So, yeah, you get Dinwiddie back, especially if it's an Eastern Conference team. Sure, you might get Dinwiddie for next year, but you bolstered the Nets this year and next year. Um, so I'm not sure. I That was so out of left field. I, I don't know how you worked Gorgie Dang into all this talk, um, especially since that man is ass cheeks. But um, I, hey, I, hey, I, there's I'm going to applaud no you. Hate. I'm going to no applaud you for him. that one. I'm going to applaud no you hate. for that one. Hey, okay. watch your mouth. Watch your <laughs> I do want to talk about the actual draft picks, okay, with these swaps. Um, and this can kind of bleed into the actual the Houston Rockets side of this because um, the Rockets obviously got a decent haul of unprotected first-round picks and also the swaps. So I'm curious. They got Victor Oladipo. Flipped him for Karis LeVert as soon as they got Karis. Are the Rockets an interesting team to you now? Or is this a long-term play to uh, go cheap? Their owner, Tillman Fertitta, Penny Pincher, he kind of sees the writing on the wall. Maybe this is kind of his escape plan to kind of build for the future? Or do you think the Rockets are going to try to keep whatever this core is together past this year and see what they have? Yeah, I don't know what their thoughts are. Uh, before I get into mine, who do you think's better? Karis LeVert or Victor Oladipo? Victor Oladipo. Do you really think that? Yes. You actually I, don't? I do not. I think Karis LeVert is a better player, and you have him on a cheaper contract for three years. How and is Chris so, Levert better than Victor Oladipo? Just Victor because Oladipo. he's not injured? Well, Karis Levert well, has a pretty heavy injury history. That's fine, but uh, obviously so does Victor Oladipo. So, I you get you so you pretty much told the Indiana Pacers, I'm going to give you a better player in my opinion, not everybody's, a better player and a second round pick just so I can take on an expiring contract and a guy who is coming off of injury. Okay. That actually made a dark horse team in the Indiana Pacers even better. They will finish in the top four in the East. And I think they will challenge somebody and they will be scary good in the playoffs. You believe that simply because they flipped Oladipo for Karis Levert. Yes. 
Karis Levert is more closer to Jeremy Lamb than he is to Victor Oladipo. That is complete disrespect. Um, <laughs> that's not disrespect. That's true. Did, Karis Levert in the bubble was unbelievable, and he has been very good when he has not played with KD or Kyrie. When he's been the, the main person, he has been very good. And I know he will not be the main guy, but he will be one of their better facilitators because I know Brogdon's still in the team. But, my God, you have Karis Levert who can go get 20 to 25 points each and every night. Can you pair him up? Yes, and you pair him up with a Sabonis who is playing incredible this year. I think, yes, they are very good, and I think Karis actually fits this team a lot better than Victor Oladipo does. I I, I don't want to let you have that because I know you have a strong Indiana Pacers um, stake on their island this year, and I like the Pacers too, but to me, the Pacers did it because they panicked that they're going to lose Oladipo for nothing. They know Victor Oladipo is the much better player, but this is a um, this is a salary cap thing to me. And I know they like their core with Sabonis and Brogdon, who is honestly the best player on the team anyways. Um, with Miles Turner, TJ Warren is injured right now. To me, the Pacers only did this because Karis LeVert's a little cheaper, and they're afraid they're going to lose Oladipo for nothing. So, is I, I don't know. I, I'm not sold on it. I like Karis LeVert. I, you know, I say all that to say I, I'm a fan of Karis, but I think he is a microwave six-man. I don't see him as a starting linchpin for a four-seed in the East that's going to actually challenge somebody, if that makes sense. I know yeah, so then put, it, then put him on the bench lane and be the sixth man of the year then on the Indiana Pacers. What then else do you is, want? Then who is going to start? I don't know. Joe Blow. It doesn't matter. <laughs> is that Mar- one of your side pieces' names? Mar- Margo. My daughter can start for him and they'd be okay. <laughs> uh, hey, as Eric Peterson says, Pacers booting the Nets out in round two. So... I, you know, <laughs> I agree. Why not? Let's get crazy. But real quick, uh, we are free basketball. This is a podcast uh, that we do. We moved it over here, I think, last week. Yeah, last week. This is our second week. Uh, we're a part of the lead sports media at the lead SM, uh, doing a lot of good things, uh, a lot of good things coming. And so I do the Grizzly stuff. And I do uh, the Grizzlies part of this podcast as well. Uh, it comes out every Monday. Uh, but this is our full NBA one that we moved over here. So just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, people listening real quick um, that that this is what it is. So just uh, real quick. But anyway, go back. Regular scheduled programming. Yes. Every Thursday, 7 p.m. Thanks for joining us. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, and we normally have uh, Cody, which we haven't in the first two weeks because Cody is a, he's a manager at a restaurant in Kansas City. Uh, to, yes. to hell if I know where it is, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, it's in uh, Missouri. This, if anybody this, needed a geography lesson, is it not in Kansas? No, it's in Missouri. Well, the Kansas City, Missouri. Well, it's Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas. You there is actually this split right down downtown. But anyway, um, come back to what you're yeah. talking about. Sorry. Sure. So rockets. 
I, my, the thought I was kind of getting to with the Rockets was it would not be surprised. It would not surprise me in, within one or two years if the Rockets were at the bottom of the lottery every year. Um, I just don't think there is a long-term path with this team. Um, I, I get John Wall, Boogie Cousins. They might be kind of frisky this year, but you're talking about two players that have been historically injury-prone, um, especially recently. Oladipo may not even sign. I think there's already been a report that he's already put out into the world that he would still like to play for the Miami Heat. So you can't count on him being there past this year. So I don't know if you agree with this or not, Daniel, but is are the Houston Rockets kind of crossing their fingers and double dipping, hoping to get two top hit 10 lottery picks starting in 2022 and on? Yeah, that's what they're banking on for sure. They have to be uh, because why else would you do that with that, but with those picks, you you have to think that Brooklyn is going to blow it up, and you know even if it's three or four years, I think they're still banking on those last two picks to be incredible. So um, I don't know what Houston's doing uh, because I don't know if John Wall and Oladipo and Demarcus Cousins, even though Christian Wood is a very good uh, piece and a very good starter. I don't know if that is going to be good enough for a playoff spot in the West. Yeah, I, I I would be surprised if the Rockets are making the playoffs, and I don't see them making the playoffs for um, some time, unless they get uh, really um, creative with what they have now and they sell off Old Depot too for even more picks or some other player. Um that's the other kind of sneaky thing that like Oladipo could not be on the Rockets, you know, in a month, like they could potentially be shipping him too, which I think could be kind of an interesting um, X factor, you know, going into March when teams are kind of all back together, hopefully healthy, hopefully in shape by then and making, you know, the big push to the playoffs. So Victor Oladipo is kind of a really interesting kind of wait and see to what's going to happen with him because I think he could get moved again. I'm just not sure where to, but I would not rule out the Nuggets. I said it. Um, Now, do you want to talk about some – do you have anything else regarding all that trade and uh, your side piece stuff that you want to talk about? Uh, Well, the trade stuff, I I think that very much so that, that Cleveland did a very good job. They did give up that one first-round pick, but they got Jared Allen, which now they have Kevin Love, Jared Allen, and Andre Drummond there. I don't know what that actually looks like for them, but I think that's a very good young piece that they grabbed uh, with just being the the third team at that time. And so I I think they did a very good job there uh, because having Jared Allen with, with Colin Sexton uh, as well as maybe Darius Garland, but mainly Colin Sexton, who I think has kind of stepped up this year. That was a very good job for them. I give them a very good grade, as well as the Pacers. I think the Pacers did a good job getting Karis LeVert. Um, so I would say kudos to them for kind of stepping in and being that uh, third and fourth team in the, the big trade. 
I really think Houston did the worst uh, personally because what they got back, they're really hoping that the Nets blow it up in a couple years. Uh, so I just think that all around, I think you had a lot of winners in this trade. But I think the biggest loser overall would have to be Houston. But uh, that's all I have on the trade in general. Um, mm. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm okay. done. I'm done. <laughs> I mean to cut you off. Um, yeah, I the Cavs. Like, does this kind of signal that Andre Drummond, they're the Cavs are taking offers for him? For sure, because he's played so well this year. I don't know why you would keep. Kevin Love or uh, keep somebody like uh, Andre Drummond. I, I've said for the time, I don't know why you don't take Kevin Love and send him to uh, the Trailblazers. I think they could be, you know, you send, him, send Kevin Love back home. I know he's hurt right now. He needs to get healthy, but uh, I, I know Andre Drummond's uh, contract is big as well, but I don't know what you do with those guys, but I think that Andre Drummond is playing so well this year that potentially his trade value is increasing. Uh, so I, I hope that they get off of Drummond and Kevin Love and kind of move the direction of not tanking, but developing their young prospects. So uh, I would love to see them actually take the bull by the horn and, and go a certain direction instead of just being a muddling team. Now, to put you very on the spot – what team would be interested in Andre Drummond? It wouldn't be a playoff team, would it? Would you think it would be a, um, like, would the, like, I don't even know who to even consider for a team that would be interested in Andre Drummond. But you think so, there's a market for him? I think there ha- there's a market for everybody. It, it all depends on how you can make it work, uh, what they're willing to take back. Uh, somebody who could definitely benefit from him. And I know it would kind of clog the lane a little bit, but a team like the Dallas Mavericks, I think, needs a little bit of a uh, more of an inside presence. And so I think they could take a, a, a guy such as this. Um, I don't know if they would do that because uh, I, I think they're scared of clogging the paint. They want the free reign and they want those players that are able to kind of free flow better. But uh, they have big enough contracts where they could uh, send back for uh, Andre Drummond, who's who's making twenty eight million, but uh, they have a guy like James Johnson on their on their team, which is fifteen million, um, and then some other guys who could make up uh, that. So uh, Willie Cauley Stein has played very well for them, uh, and so for the Mavericks, and so I think a player like Andre Drummond could be a much better Willie Cauley Stein, and kind of anchor not necessarily the defense per se, but he could definitely anchor rebounding and kind of let Christoph Porzingis kind of be a more free-flowing player when he comes back. So there's no uh, having to guard their big man. So that's who I would think just personally, but I, I don't know. I, I'd have to take time. I'm going to bring this up just because it's a team near and dear to our heart. And I want your initial reaction. So unmute real quick. Because I want to hear you. I'm ready. I'm ready. Either get excited. Um, why wouldn't the Memphis Grizzlies go for him? Because they have a better guy already on the uh, under contract, much cheaper. Ooh, so you think Jonas Valanciunas is much better than Andre Drummond? Yes. Explain yourself. 
Andre Drummond has never been on a winning team ever. You know when he, you know why he's good because they suck and the players around him suck and that's why he's good. You know why he gets a lot of rebounds because they shoot a lot of bricks. So yes, that is why he's good. I would not want him ever on my team. But <laughs> and that's why you people, put him on the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> not my team. Uh, but I think <laughs> that's sabotage, sir. I see what you're trying to do there. I, I think JB is a much better player, so I would never take him. Uh, now for the final thing, I just want to, uh, since I put you on the spot a lot tonight, Daniel. Without Cody, see Cody. Cody's the wild card of our group uh, because he's kind of in and out of everything because he works a very late schedule at a restaurant. So he sometimes doesn't get to watch NBA for like a week or two at a time. So he's a really fun wild card. Uh, so he'll be a lot of fun in this when we can finally get him on here. So everybody have to return for him. But Daniel, since you're my only counterpart, you get to guess right now who are the top five most points per game averaging Per, oh, sorry, I completely butchered that. Who are the top five five players averaging the most points per game so far in the NBA? Wow. So whoever's scoring the most right now yes. per game. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use my lifeline first. So I'm gonna look at the discussion and hopefully somebody's gonna put some names in there real quick. Um, <laughs> but I would say, um, man. Because Curry has not scored well enough lately. He is uh, fourth. 27th, okay. 27.8. Uh, Bradley Beal, Ishan is, says. Is number one, 34.9. I knew that, Ishan. I just want you to help me out. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Who else is on a, a rat team right now? So you got number one, number four. Why do they have to be on a rat team? Because I just think that's where a lot of these high scores come from is these rat teams with nobody <laughs> else on their team. Uh, is it Sabonis by any chance? No. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's not. Hey, you know who it's not? It's not Jokic, your MVP candidate. It's not him. It's also not Karis LeVert either. What about Paul George? My MVP. No. Embiid? no. It's not no. Harden. Harden uh, has shot – Scored 16 points in four games in a row, I think. It's a, one of his new teammates. Oh, is it KD? KD is second at 29.4. Now, I know that can be, uh, kind of be yeah, I forget. You know, because played. they've missed a couple games. But one is Bradley Beal, two is Kevin Durant. you got four, Steph. Who's three and five? L- Lillard? Nope. He's seven. Dude. Hey, Eshaan, you know why it's so hard? Because this NBA season has been a shit show so far. <laughs> what are you talking about? All the top teams are the teams that we thought they'd be now. It was uh, a shit LeBron? show for two weeks. Nope. Good God. Um, it's Colin Anthony Sexton Davis. is averaging more than LeBron right now. Good Lordy. Um, it's not anybody with Minnesota. Whew. Um Thoughts and names. Come on, people that score. It's, it's not John Morant. I'm no. just trying to uh, let me uh, give me a standings real quick and just walk through them. <laughs> oh, 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 Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? Nope. It's got to be one of those. Neither one? Nope. nope. Jason Tatum is ninth. Jalen Brown is 11th. 
Giannis? Nope. I didn't think so. I know it's not Middleton. Uh, it's not Trey Young. Nope. He's garbage. Uh, All right, I'll, g- I'll give you three I'll... because I want you to guess. I-, I want you to be surprised by five, okay? And I okay. feel like if we keep doing this, I'll be, we'll be here till no. We'll be here till nine. Uh, oh, three is CJ McCollum at twenty eight point one points okay. per game. Okay. Fifth. Who's the oh, fifth? Oh, 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 the guy from OKC. Uh, uh, no. Alexander. Nope. Um, is it um, Brandon Ingram? Nope. All right. Just tell the people. They're tired of hearing me guess. He plays for the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine. Look at Jesse coming out of nowhere. 27.7 points per game for Zach Levine. I got He's a question. leading the league. Yes. Okay. Out of everybody in this group, plus us, how many how many games do you think we've all seen this year of the Chicago Bulls play? <laughs> do we have any <laughs> Chicago Bulls fans in the room? Do they even I, watch their own team? I didn't think. I looked around. I didn't see any Chicago Bulls and people's stuff. Um, so, yeah, I don't think so. We have a picture <laughs> of uh, Carl Anthony Towns with Jamal. Uh, so no, I don't think so. So yeah, I, I I don't know if anybody. I don't know if we've seen one. So I'm curious whether or not Chessie um, <laughs> says seen three. That's the winner. So we've combined for three games this year from all of us. Zach Levine, really? Yep, Zach Levine is fifth right now. Well, kudos to him. That'll definitely fall off, but good for him. <laughs> now before we go, we'll wrap this up. The game tonight. The second game on TNT is the Golden State Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets. The Rockets and the Spurs are playing right now. Rockets are up three at half. Prediction for the Warriors-Nuggets game. Who do you think will win the game? Tell the people. Uh, I'd say the Warriors cover for sure. And let's say Warriors money line win. Give me the Warriors tonight. Let me uh, look up real and, quick where and, it's at. Let me pull up my. It's at Denver, uh, and the Spurs come back and win this game for sure. Ooh, okay. Uh, the Warriors are plus four and a half right now versus the Nuggets. Right. Money line is plus one fifty five. So are you about to place something on that? Uh, probably not. I did win all four <laughs> of mine last night. You spent all of your stipend on the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers winning the East? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what? <laughs> real quick. And, yeah. Real quick on the side pizza stuff. So I, I know this was kind of funny uh, that the new COVID protocols are saying that uh, that nobody can be in your rooms anymore. And uh, George Hill kind of came out and was like, I'm a grown man and all this stuff. Like, dude, come on. Like, we're di- we're still in a pandemic. We're still dealing with this. So <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into it. But we're about to have some issues with NBA players. They can't have their side pieces hair like, coming to their hotels anymore. Like, it yeah. was the role of two plus close family members. So you can have two people plus your close family members. Well, now they're just kind of limiting to none. I don't know about the family members stuff, but uh, I know there are no outside guests anymore. So this is going to be a big issue because 
I know sometimes, obviously, the the common sense thing is, well, when you're at a home game, you know, maybe, you know, you're at the house, no big deal. But it's not on the home games. It's the away games. And so I think this is going to be an issue where um, people will break COVID protocols a lot. And I think this is going to be a uh, a big Mack truck that hits the NBA because of uh, known uh, guests that they continue to have back in the day. So um, I'm curious how it rolls out. But I uh, just wanted to hit on it real quick. I thought it was pretty funny. And so yeah. um, I, I just I, – after hearing the COVID protocols, I was like, good God, these guys are not going to be happy. Yeah, I, I that's really kind of a whole hour by itself talking about that. And I kind of wanted to save – um, a big chunk of that discussion for when we get Cody back. So hopefully that will be next week because we will have to save it for next week more in depth because <laughs> we might look up tomorrow and the NBA is just flat out shut down for the next two weeks. So we got to have some content for next week. So thanks for tipping the hand, Daniel, and telling everybody what you thought a week in advance. Thanks for ruining it's- everything. It's called a tease. I'm just teasing the bag. Oh, okay, okay, my bad. Uh, Anything else before we go? Do you have anything to actually um, plug for the people? Yep. Um, So you can follow me at Daniel Greer uh, like normal. But uh, the main thing is if you do enjoy the Grizzlies, which I am part of, um, you can follow this same uh, podcast. Uh, like I said earlier, we put it out Monday. I put it out Monday morning, and so you should have it uh, that day. And so I bring on guests each week. Uh, I actually brought Ryan on this past week, and we do a little uh, quick Q and A session. Uh, a new thing that we started last week called Clutch Time, and then meander into some questions about uh, the Grizzlies or the team that you cover. This week, I'm having a guy on from the 76ers, uh, and Tim Tim is going to join me. Uh, from the 76ers, and so we're going to go over that and talk about the 76ers a little bit in depth, uh, cover the Grizzlies as well, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I know. I hope Brian had fun. If not, he, he lied to me and told me he had fun, uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, uh, just personally, uh, how these Grizzlies will do. I'm so excited, and I, and I know I'm talking about the Grizzlies again, but I'm excited because we have uh, our better players hurt and we're still winning somehow. We have the same record as the Denver Nuggets. And so I'm curious when Ja comes back and Jaren comes back, which should be this month, I'm curious if they're going to just kind of take off a little bit. Not crazy. I don't, I'm not getting crazy, but actually kind of solidify themselves into the, the playoff talks. I'm not saying they're going to be the eight seed, but in the playoff talks. So, um, yeah, I'm, thanks, Jesse. I'm glad to see they are in the top five in defense. They have a lot of good athletes on that team, but uh, but we are a part of the lead sports media. Uh, so follow us, uh, follow the lead. They put out a lot of good basketball content uh, and a lot of good things happening. Uh, Logan's in here. He's uh, one of the our, our proud parents of, of the lead, uh, as well as Eric that was here earlier. Uh, but the lead is doing some really good things. So uh, jump on board and tell your friends. Awesome. I'm at rdmeadows11 on Twitter if you want to happen to follow. Um, our actual Twitter feed for free basketball, where we post the episodes, is free basketball three. Um, so thanks for tuning in, everyone listening into this room. 
Um, eventually we'll get a lot more uh, interaction with people. We're just trying to get our feet wet here, try to figure things out. So Daniel, it was fun once again. Um, I can't wait to lose money on the Warriors because of you and I will send you a Venmo for the difference. Uh, but I hope everyone has a good week and we continue to have basketball and we are not shut down. <laughs> so see y'all next week. Bye.